You, you know, prayer turns us to understand that it is God, really, who wows us, right? At, at everything um, that we do, in everything that we say, in everything that is good, God is the foundation of it. Uh, we Christians are constantly reminding ourselves that God's grace is the foundational source of all that is wow. You know, sometimes we find ourselves praying and finding God's responding in ways beyond our imagining or understanding, and we, we stand there and all we can say in prayer is, wow. Or, or sometimes we just have to stand in awe of God's goodness and, and making a way when there seems to be no way, and we just say, Wow. Or there are sometimes that we must embrace um, the understanding that we really don't know how to go into the future. We may be frozen by fear or anxiety, and we just have to say, Wow, God, we don't know what to do, but we do know to trust you. You know, our prayers of wow, I dare say this morning, are all grounded in trust in God. That is the foundation of who we are as people of faith. We trust in God. You know, the text that we read this morning that Kay read so well for us is a text that we usually hear in Advent that's coming next Sunday and Christmas that's just around the corner. We, we usually read the Magnificat, Mary's Prayer, in light of the coming of Jesus, that babe that she prayed about. It's Mary's song that centers our thoughts today. You know, I want to say that this morning, um, uh, even though you think that this may be a little premature to read about um, the baby Jesus that's coming, uh, that Mary prays about, I want to remind us that, that all over um, our city, all over the country, even in the country, as I've noticed, people are doing Christmas just a little bit early this year. Uh, there are lights out a little bit early. I've seen on Facebook posts people posting their decorations in their home or outside, and they've admitted this is a few weeks early, or maybe even a month early, because there's this need right now. To bring about the joy that is about Christmas that sometimes just putting up the Christmas decorations can bring. So today I think it's fitting and in keeping with the relevance that we're in right now in the midst of a, a pandemic, in the midst of uh, financial uncertainties, in the midst of, of, of political divisions and other racial divisions and all that is the world today. For us to just stop and focus and listen to the wow of God. You know, I heard a, a story um, this past week, or read a story actually, uh, that, that, that I think I want to share with you. It's a little bit humorous, but it's a little bit too close for comfort uh, in a day such as today. It's about a farmer going and talking to his banker. And he comes in after a very bad harvest, and he says to his banker, Friend, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. Which do you want to hear first? And the banker said, Well, let me have the bad news. And so the farmer continued. He said, You remember back in the spring when we planted and my crops came up, and, 
and uh, then it got really, really dry. And, and I lost half of a really bad crop because it had rained in the spring so that I barely had a crop come up in the first place. And so I'm not going to be able to repay that loan for my crops. The farmer said, that's not all. He said, you remember the equipment that I had to buy this past year and you know it's been such a hard time. I've dipped into my savings and I'm not going to be able to really pay for that equipment. And then the farmer went on and he said, you know, the, the house and the land and, um, and, and the mortgage and all of that said, I just don't know if we're going to be able to pay it. Things are just really, really tough. The banker looked at the farmer and he was he was really um, had a dazed expression on his face. He didn't really know uh, what to say, but he did remember how the farmer started the conversation. And he said, you know, all of this is terrible, but 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 what's the good news? And the farmer perked up and he said, I don't want you to worry a bit. I'm going to continue to give you all of my business. You, you know, sometimes we we don't know how to take the good news because sometimes the good news doesn't really feel like good news, does it? I'm sure to that banker, it didn't really feel like good news. And, and I wonder about Mary and Elizabeth and that scene and what the angel shared with her. It should have been good news, but sometimes good news is really hard to hear when there seems to be so much obstacles, so many obstacles in its place. You see that picture there of, of, of Mary celebrating that good news. And, and yet, let's think about it. That announcement that the angel Gabriel made to her was an announcement that she was pregnant and would be having a baby. And she was also engaged uh, to Joseph. And in the first place, it was physically impossible to be in the way that she was. And yet with God, nothing is impossible. In the second place, it wasn't going to be good news to Joseph. And it was going to be extremely difficult to explain. It wouldn't be good news. But as the angel's story unfolded, it became clear to Mary that this was no ordinary announcement. It was the announcement of salvation. And the angel wasn't talking about normal circumstances. The angel was talking about a wow. A wow. Perhaps the greatest wow the world had ever known. God was coming into the world as a babe that would be born in Bethlehem, and all of this story would be unfolding. And then Mary, in this remarkable, world-changing response of trust and faith, she had this commitment and agreed to be the one who would carry this blessed child. She said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord let it be with me according to your word. You know, I know it's early. I know it's early. I, I, I saw a couple riding a bike in the neighborhood just a few, uh, well, it was yesterday. And, and you could hear music coming from the bikes. It was uh, uh, Christmas music. 
Uh, and, and yesterday at the marketplaces, people were picking up their goods. I, I, I heard in a booth right next to where I was standing, Christmas music coming forth. And, and so maybe it's not too early for us to think about this uh, Mary's song, uh, this, this original Christmas carol, if you will, and, and think of it in terms of God's favorite wow. You, you know, God's uh, favorite carol um, is probably not um, have a holly jolly Christmas, right? I mean, we'd like to embrace have a holly jolly Christmas, but that just doesn't seem to be where the world is right now, is it? And of course, Silent Night has to be in the top two or three, uh, along with the way in the manger that for children may be number one. But I have to believe that God's favorite Christmas carol is the one that we've read this morning. It's the wow of Mary hearing that word from God through the messenger, the angel, and accepting and trusting and moving forward with faith. And how Joseph also would eventually respond with that same sort of trust and moving forward with faith. And how Elizabeth was there to encourage her to trust and move forward in faith. For some, you might have thought that that these other Christmas carols were God's favorite. But don't you know that God wants us to hear the wow of the Magnificat? Especially in times like these. That with God, nothing, nothing is impossible. You, you know, our trust we should place this morning and prayer should center us in this trust. Not on anything we or, or humans have made. Not on any of our organizations. Not on any of our institutions primarily. Our trust must be in God. In God's ways. And what God ordains. That's what Mary reminds us of. Mary trusted the angel's message and the new possibilities opened, not only for her life, but for the entire world, just as the angel said it would. You know, there are two things this morning that I'd like to, um, to build onto this foundation of trust. There, there are two very simple words, but I think that we see them so clearly in Mary's response to this wow. Her prayer that embraces the wow. Mary's song teaches us. Her prayer underscores trust in God by letting go. You might want to write that down. We trust in God by letting go. What do you need to let go of this morning? What has you so uh, really imprisoned right now that you just need to let go of and move forward with trust and faith? We have to let go of our preconceived notions about what God probably wants from us. We have to let go of our, our plans, our preferences, our prefabricated uh, worlds to go where God wants us to go. You know, so many of us may have, um, have, have put so much um, 
of our attention and focus on the political scene of the last few months. So many of us may have put much of our focus on, on, on what we felt like we needed to work out for our lives related to some of the challenges we face. Some of us may have fallen into the trap of trying to do things on our own. When God's there saying, trust me, And Mary is reminding us that that trust begins with letting go. Let me, she said, according to your word. I'm letting go, Mary says. And again, what do you need to let go of today in order to fully trust God and by faith move forward? forward and the second lesson is simple too and we see in Mary's prayer her song that we need to let God to let go and to let God sometimes we hear that in um, almost a triteness but I want us to hear it in the depths of its truth Letting go is not enough in and of itself unless we let go to let God do all that God would have for us. Then we open ourselves up to the wow of what is trust and what is faith. You know, what this means is to let go of our control, our need for control of situations, many of which we can't control anyway. We just kid ourselves thinking that we control. We need to surrender them into the hands of the one who's in charge anyway. To to let go and to let God is to truly uh, connect with the spiritual leading of God into a future based on trust, based on faith. To let go and to seek to follow God is the way that we let God lead us to better places. Places where God intends for us to be and God will be with us. You know, every night since March, nearly for nine months, and nearly every night, though there's been a few interruptions along the way, I've conducted a prayer service we call Vespers Prayer Friends. You know, it's been a wonderfully enriching time for this pastor to spend 30 or 40 minutes uh, nearly every night with members of the church and people from all over the country, literally all over the world, who join in for that prayer time. I don't think any of us anticipated that it would be such a rewarding experience for us. Uh, Last night we had 119 different comments as we prayed together. And one of the comments struck me so. It was from a dear friend and it was so honest and so truthful. And and it no doubt uh, embraced the sentiments of many of us. Now, I knew that this is one who had recently lost her father to death and had been taking care of him and her mother um, long distance, back and forth. 
And I know that with Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas coming up and all of us are sensing a need to, um, uh, to, to do things not in a normal way and some of us have completely changed our Thanksgiving plans. This dear one said this. Great is thy faithfulness resonates with me. That was the devotional for the night. This past week was tough. I decided hope is an illusion and I was so angry for several days. Have you been there? Politics, COVID, COVID restrictions, arg. I had to keep reminding myself to pray even though I really didn't want to pray. Haven't you been there? And then she said, thank you for this time. You know, as I read that, I was so moved because it was so honest, so real, so authentic, so us. I dare say that of the hundreds that will view the prayer service last night, many will so resonate with what this dear one said. It's been tough. I haven't wanted to pray, but I've prayed. And I'm here tonight to pray again. Yes, the devotional last night was from a little book that we often read from. It's called 366 Hymns and Devotionals. And last night, the hymn for the devotional was Great is Thy Faithfulness. One of my favorites. And the favorite of many who were on the call last night. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, uh, these mercies I see. All I have needed, all I have needed. Thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto thee. Who do you put your trust in? Who? Who do you turn your troubles over to? Who? Who do you let lead you forward when your path is rocky and your way is unsure and the future is foggy at best? Who? Let me tell you something. If you want to be wild, you'll put your faith, you'll put your trust in the one who hears your prayers. And the one who will take you to places you haven't even imagined. And the one who will accompany you all along the way. We call him Jesus. And we know him through the power of his Holy Spirit. Great is thy faithfulness. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. 
You know, I love the story of a pastor and author named John Kavanaugh. He's deceased now, as is Saint Mother Teresa. But the story comes from this brilliant ethicist, John Kavanaugh, who, seeking for an answer to how to spend the rest of his life, decides that he'll go to Calcutta, India, and he'll spend a little time with Mother Teresa, and there God will speak to him about how to spend the rest of his life. He said on the first morning there, Mother Teresa asked him a question. She said, what can I do for you? And Kavanaugh asked her simply to pray for him. She asked, well, what would you like me to pray for? He had an answer. He voiced his request. He said, I've come halfway around the world, Mother Teresa, to ask you to pray that I would have clarity in my life. Mother Teresa said firmly, no, no. I won't do that. Kavanaugh asked her, well, why? She said, that that clarity is something that you really don't need. Clarity is the last thing that you're clinging to. Kavanaugh responded, that Mother Teresa seemed to always have a, a kind of clarity in her life, and, 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 and he wanted what she had, and she just laughed. And she said in her gentle way, No, son, I've never had clarity. What I've always had is trust. I will pray that you will trust God. Isn't that a wonderful lesson? Maybe what we seek shouldn't be clarity, but should be trust. Trust in a God who will always wow us. The focus of our prayers should be to a God who has answers that we may not need to know all at once. But we can trust that God will reveal them. Mary trusted God. I doubt if she had clarity about what it would mean to accept what the angel had spoken to her. She couldn't foresee what it would be like to raise the Son of God, to watch Him grow and to teach and to heal and and to give Himself so freely to others, she could not have imagined what it would have felt like to have stood at the foot of the cross as her Son was crucified and died, was placed in a grave. There's no way that she could have possibly fathomed the wow of His resurrection and His ascension into heaven and the sending of the Holy Spirit that would forever be a reminder of God's presence. Maybe if you think you'd like clarity today, maybe what we all need is to focus our prayers on trust that God, by faith, will show us the way. Where are you going? What are you going to do?
how can you best spend your time and your energy? I only have one answer this morning. Trust. Trust in God through the power of prayer. And expect God to wow you with God's embrace, God's leading, God's directing, and God's mercies that will follow you all the day long. Amen.